0: Hey, as pastor, I am so excited you could join us uh, as we hear and listen to the word of God. And I'm always hoping and praying that he's going to specifically guide your life and give you the hope and the peace that you cannot give to yourself. He is the power every time he promises to work through this word. If he has worked in your life, we want to hear about it. Please email us, let us in, encourage us uh, by emailing office.amazinglove at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry, make messages like this ongoing, uh, go to our giving tab online or download the app. Go to the app store and search Amazing Love Luther. But now, may you continue to grasp how wide, high, and deep and long is the love of Christ in this for you. Thank you. to see everyone. And yes, we're in a series called Playlist, and uh, Jesus used parables. Uh, I talked about agriculture. We're going to use some pop songs and draw out some spiritual truths today, and uh, good to see everyone. Good to see everyone. And uh, it already was given away, but if I ask you who the king of rock and roll is, it is, yeah, how many of you have ever been to Graceland? Anyone? Okay. Maybe it's because you didn't grow up with Elvis. I didn't grow up with Elvis, I'll put him up here. But I do share his affinity for sideburns. I don't know where my people are, right? Yeah? Pretty awesome. Uh, Anyway, and um, what's interesting is we might not have known who the king of rock and roll was if he didn't stick with it. Let me tell you a story. The first time he ever performed was at the Grand Ole Opry, and he was actually kicked off the stage. The stage managers said to him that he better go stick to driving truck because he wasn't that good. Think if he would have given up, we would have known nothing about jailhouse rock, sideborns, or blue sage shoes. Uh, it's good that he stuck with it. Or there was another uh, musician, uh, actually a group of them, fairly iconic. They were searching for a label, and in their search, they went to one company that, that booted him out, said, we're not going to cover you, and by the way, we don't think you're going to make it because the electric guitar is kind of fading out. It, it, it's stopping being popular. And that group was imagine all the people they wouldn't have reached. Imagine if they would have called it quits. Imagine if Elvis or the Beatles I, I freshen it up. Bruno Mars. Okay, Bruno Mars. And uh, do you know he moved to LA from Hawaii and uh, when he moved there he didn't make it? It was only until after he moved back that he actually made something of his career and made something there if you've heard that name. It is true that most people have reason to give up, isn't it? Reason to give up on things that matter most to them. For me, I didn't want to be a pop star. I wanted to be a pastor. And I had four very identifiable reasons why to give up. They were Latin, German, Greek, and Hebrew. I hated languages, but I had to take them.
1: I had eight other
0: reasons. Eight years of school that I wouldn't give up and, well, here I am today. Or, or maybe there are some people who've been at Amazing Love for a little bit. Do you think there were parts of our stories that we could have called a quits? Could have said, I'm not sure what this is amounting to. Could have said, you know, we had an outreach effort. We had a relationship. We had a gospel sharing that produced no fruit. And we could have said, what's the difference? Let's pack it up and pack it in. Well, guys, here's what I know about you, even though... might not have met before. Um, You have reasons to give up on something that matters. In fact, if I would press you, you have a laundry list. And you know why. There are some kids here who are struggling with a teacher or struggling with school, and you have reasons why to give up on the fight. Reasons not to try. Reasons to give in. There are relationships with kids, with people, with coworkers. And you have reasons to write them off. And many times they're justifiable. You're striving to make a difference. And making a difference is hard. And you have the reasons why to stop it. It's true. It's that that I want to talk to you about. in The framework of our series called Playlist and the song called Million Reasons. And let me tell you, first of all, what this sermon is not about. It is not about the justifiable biblical reasons to give up. Sometimes there is justification in why you would give something up. Let me give you an example. I, I was a part of a basketball team and I just thought the coach was a jerk and, and uh, that was just me. And, and, uh, and I'm actually very glad I quit that team. I didn't want to be under that influence. That in my mind was very justifiable. Okay, so maybe that's not the greatest example. But, but every now and then you have good reasons to give up. I am not talking about that. What I am talking about are the matters that matter to God. Is the difference that he could make with your life. What I'm talking about is the strides that you take in trying to live for him more and more each day and and to conform to the likeness of Christ, which is hard. And and what I would warn you about is, is that we are in a spiritual battle. You have many reasons to give up, partially because you're at war every day. See, this is what the Bible says. It says, Our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We believe there's a real devil and demons who will love nothing more than to get in the way of something that matters to God and and may matter to you more than you think of. In fact, this is what's true about the devil. He'll give you a million reasons you to give up on what matters most. He'll call the significant things not worthy of your time. He'll call the decisions that have long-term effects simple. Don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. He'll encourage you to again give up on what matters most and we got to talk about that today. So let's get into it, all right? Um, so in the series playlist, and, and if you're at Amazing Love, you know that the true power of this place, we believe, is the Word of God. And, and, and if you want an artist, uh, nuts to Elvis, nuts to the Beatles, I mean, God is the artist. Uh, if you want to see the sun that, that I saw this morning rising along with the moon, if, if you want to know his power, he, he's got art. And, and he has many art forms found in the Bible. The Bible, we do consider his word to us preserved in a miraculous way. It is trustworthy. And and today he's going to riff through the words of Paul. Not Paul McCartney, Paul of Tarsus. And and we're going to learn something from Paul. And uh, let's get into it from Philippians. Uh, Let's turn to what Paul is saying about the reason he has to continue on. And uh, here we go. It says, you can follow along, worship folder on the screen. Not that I have already obtained all this, which is his conformity to Christ, his, his mission, or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Does Paul know the reason why he's doing what he's doing? I find it there. Do you? Do you have reason not to give up? Could you turn to the person next to you and just say, I finally found the reason. I finally found the reason. And that is a Hoobastank reference. Hoobastank. And the reason is you. Anyway, it's a band. Sorry. All right. Well, let's get into a different ba- uh, different song. The Million Reasons. And if you've heard this song on the radio, it's easy to see that this is about a relationship. Um, that, that they're about to give up on, and, and in this it says that uh, she she wants to run away, that she's stuck in a cycle, she's tired of not knowing what to believe, right? And um, I saw a really great uh, reproduction of this song done by Life Church, um, and I just wanted to share it with you. It's another church where we got the framework of the series from, and so I just wanted to share it with you uh, what this song is. Here we go. If you could turn it up as we rock out here.
1: You're giving me a million reasons to let you go. You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show. You're giving me a million reasons. Give me a million reasons. Give me. Stop breathing but completely aware Cause you're giving me a million reasons Give me a million reasons Giving me a million reasons About a million reasons And if you say something that you might even mean It's hard to even fathom which parts I should believe Cause you're giving me a million reasons Try to make the worst seem better.
0: Singer, eh? Yeah, let's say. What was it about? A relationship, right? And the lyric says, I've got a hundred million reasons to walk away, but all I need is one. All I need is one reason to stay. Basically, if you give me one reason, I'll stick through it, I'll, I'll endure, I'll, I'll go with it. And we can relate to this, can't we? Maybe it's a different issue. Let me tell you about Paul's life. Paul was commissioned by God to be the missionary to the Gentiles, to live for Christ and proclaim Christ. But let me give you some of his reasons why he could have given up. He said, Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Jews. You picking up a theme here? He's been in danger, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled, I've gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I've been cold and naked besides everything else. I face the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who's weak and I don't feel weak? Who's led into sin and I don't inwardly burn? Paul had a myriad of reasons to say this Jesus mission ain't worth it. we got to check out. In fact, I could give you one more reason. Do you know where he's writing this letter? He's in jail, right? I mean, talk about, you know, sealing the deal, putting a fork in it. it you know, if, if I was in jail, maybe it'd be time to call off the mission and say it ain't worth it. But what if he did? What if Paul said it wasn't worth it? What if Paul gave in? I wouldn't even know what the landscape would look like. And yes, I know it's God's kingdom, and, and God would still move on, but, but in what way? I don't know. I was talking to another pastor recently. It was about a year ago, and uh, God had just blessed their church, you know, and, and that's what God does. He brings people. He brings results. He's the heavy lifter, okay? And, and he had just had a great year, experienced a ton of different growth in, in a lot of great ways. But he reflects that it was only a year before that, that he could have given it up. Now, he wasn't going to quit, but he had a call, and he could have moved on to a different mission field, moved on a different way, and it still would have been God's kingdom. But then I saw his heart. He's like, I wouldn't have wanted to miss it. He was prompted a little bit to, to maybe I should move on, but he was so glad he didn't give up. He stuck with it to see what God would do. Well, then look at Jesus. Jesus had some reasons Jesus knew what was coming according to his Godhead. And the reasons he had to not do what he was doing were thorns, spears, floggings, and the cross. The reason was betrayal and denial. The reason was being forsaken by the Father. He had a ton of reasons, but what if he gave in to those reasons? We'd be lost. We'd have no story to tell a reason to gather. And so what about you and I? Today is a day of repentance where we realize too often we've gave in to our reasons and not put up the fight. We've given in to reasons of why to, you know, do what they did to us and handle the same kind of interaction, to, to write off people, to write off situations, to, to write off the difference that, that God was making through us. We had all those reasons. And Paul was real with the fact that he sometimes gave in to bad reasons, Maybe not the mission overall, but, but look at what he said. He said, um, he said this, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. He knew that at one time or another he had failed. And today again is a day of repentance over all the times we do give in. And we don't look enough at what God might make of us. And so one of the key points is this. I need to warn you that I think we are far too short-sighted about what we're tempted to give up on. We're far too short-sighted. Maybe what is hanging in the crosshairs is bigger than what you're seeing right now. And maybe, just maybe, the devil is trying to, to make you underestimate the significance of the decisions you are making right now because of what might happen next. His goal is to, to have any good effort for God. Give up. Beware of that. And let me remind me of Jesus. Did Jesus give up? No. Jesus is our hero, our Messiah. The guy with ice in his veins. There, there was one time when Jesus was looking at what happened in Jerusalem, and he knew everything. He had all the reasons in mind, all the suffering he could foretell as the, the Son of God. And, and as he was predicting it in John, this is, this is what he said. Uh, he said this, Now my soul is troubled, because i got all these reasons. I know them all. I know what's going to happen there. And what shall I say? Shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? No. No. For this very reason, I came to this hour. Now, Father, glorify your name. See, Jesus had a reason. He was so in tune with the Father that it was about the Father's glory. But it wasn't just about the Father's glory. It was about the good of mankind. It was so that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord could be saved, could be rescued from sin, could have a new story to tell, could have hope and life. And he would work his hardest. He would not give up or give in, even though he had reasons to, friends. Because of this, we rejoice. Because of this, we do have a gospel, good news to share, and hope to give. But if it's true, and I have a feeling you already have heard that message before, if it's true he didn't give up on you, why in the world are we so quick to give up on him? Why in the world don't we have the same gumption, the same ice in our veins when it comes to what's attacking us? And we, not, we need to wrestle that to the ground. We need to talk about that a little bit. And, and so to continue, um, I want to talk to you about the worst weather I've ever driven in. The worst weather. Uh, I have background in Wisconsin and Minnesota, and we'd often make this commute to New Minnesota. Who's ever made the commute to New Minnesota? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And when you're doing that in springtime, spring break time, it is still snowy, friends. And I remember this one time, the worst uh, ever was from Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Two hours, it looked exactly like this. I call this the, the warp zone, right? Because it just looks like that. You're going to warp zone, but it's way worse. Anyway, and you're playing the tread game where you have to stay in the lines, right? You know what I'm talking about? Where, where the path is cleared. So you're playing, and I was white knuckling with the tread game for two hours. Then I hit lacrosse, and lacrosse is the beauty part, but it wasn't so beautiful that day because when I hit lacrosse, it was a whiteout. All I could see was the strip on this side of the road. You know, that, that's all that led me. I, I couldn't see more than 10 feet in front of the car. Just the strip. I'm getting into Minnesota, and, and, and thankfully the snow calms down, but then I see a, a sheet of ice like I've never seen before. This ice, I mean, made the streets deserted. I mean, it was just the slipperiest road conditions I have ever been on. I would turn on the radio, and, and, and all you would hear are the emergency announcements. Get off the road, right? You know, and I'm like... Be quiet. Let's listen to something else, right? And, and, and you're like, why is he doing all of this? And the reason I was doing all of this is because I had a reason. See, the reason I went through what was technically and literally a blizzard is because I had a girlfriend. <laughs> For like the first time in my life. <laughs> and it was spring break, and I was going to surprise that girlfriend who happened to me named Catherine Maddock at the time. And I was going to surprise her with one extra day over spring break. And that was reason enough to endure the blizzard. And what I find is this principle then. This is why I tell you the story. It's amazing what you can endure. It's amazing what you can endure when you just have one good reason. And this is the story of many Christians. This is the story of Paul. He knew the reason why he was doing what he was doing. And this is what he said. He said, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me in heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul had a prize that he was was waiting for. He he knew that someday he was going to see Jesus face to face, and Jesus was going to tell him, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's like, I don't care about shipwrecks. I don't care about snake bites. I don't care about being cold and naked. You would have it all because that's my reason. I'm going to get that prize as Jesus called me to him. So I'm going to be called up someday and have a position in heaven. And no one's going to get in the way of that. I don't care. Right? It reminds me of our Savior, Right? We learned the one reason to glorify the Father's name. But look again at, at Jesus' reason here. In Hebrews it says, For the joy set before him he endured the cross. The joy. That's like saying joy. Jesus had joy. Right? You know what that joy was? It was us. His joy had a name. And that glorious reason was Ellie and Dustin and Jacob and Mark. Jessica and Mark, right? I could go everywhere, right? I don't have time, but anyway. It had a name, and and if you were the only one, that would have been reason enough, right? If you were the only one, that would have been reason enough for him to bear the cross so that you could know you were forgiven and loved like never before. But think of how much that reason compelled him to endure so much. And think of how then should strive us and spur us on to endure for the sake of his name and to give it. And so we got a reason. And um, maybe there are some people who, you know, had an experience with God and at one point in your life you were, you were about to give up, or, or maybe you actually did. And, and here's the thing about the experience with God. I bet if we heard your story, we'd understand your reasons. And we wouldn't even judge you about them. I, I bet if you were burnt by the church, like we, we would get that, and that would be reason. And, and it, it, if there was a part of your story, and we would understand. But, but I'm offering you a new reason today. I'm offering to see, to show you to see that that God has never given up. In fact, God has always loved you. So if you're new to Christ, I invite you to believe that that He loves you, regardless of your reasons to give up on him. He's always loved you. Jesus proved that on the cross. He wants to call you. And then for us who are in Christ, you know, we have things that we want to do, and it's part of following Christ that we want to, to be more like Christ. And, and so we have all these, these things that, that, that we have in mind of being a better person, and a better husband, and a better father, and a better uh, worker, and all of these things. And, and it's appropriate. It's appropriate. Um, In fact, Paul, he said in in Philippians 2, he said, you know, therefore, my friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to do that. Work out your salvation, which doesn't mean save yourself. We can't do that. But it does mean strive to stay in step with the Spirit. It does mean conform to Christ. Do that. that. That's good stuff. But the striving is tiring, isn't it? The striving is exhausting. The striving takes endurance and perseverance like nothing else because we'll have reasons to give up. But I need to remind you of your reason. See, the reason we are here is love. And it's simple but profound. The reason we still do this thing is not for the... uh, applause of people, or the appreciation of a pastor, or the name of a church, but it's simply because Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died, and he died for all that they should no longer live from themselves, but for him who died for them. And we're set free. Our our reason is love. I know the struggle, but we also know the love. So now with the reason in mind, let's look to the future. Let's do what Paul said, this Forgetting what was behind and straining and stretching to, the, to what's ahead. And, and I don't know about you, but, but sometimes I love dreaming about the future. I do. Um, it, it reminds me of those who have often dreamt about the future. Uh, there's one guy named George Orwell who wrote 1984. He didn't have a good picture of the future. Now, some of it came true about big government and surveillance and pre-recorded messages, but I don't really like his future. The future I prefer is more like this, um, you know, and we don't have the hoverboard, but those jackets that you can plug into, you know, and, and heat yourself, I mean, it's close to the cooling jacket, you know, and, and maybe there are some kids who love to think of the future here, and, and you can think about like Star Wars when we're in like spaceships and doing the Warp Zone in a different way that's way cooler. And, and for me, I like thinking about the future um, as far as cars go. You know, if the horse Power average for a sports car is 400. In the future, will we all be driving Dodge Demons? It could be possible. It'd be awesome. 800 horsepower. Here we go, because that's necessary, right? You know, and sometimes you just geek out over technology, and and if you're a moviegoer, right, and you have the Dream Loungers and the IMAX, what's going to be someday? Like, we're going to have, like, our own bed, and it's virtual reality all around us. I can't even imagine, right? You know, but it's fun to think about these things. And The reason I like to think about the future is because it's unwritten, Because we don't know, right? Uh, The the bad thing about the past is the past is set in stone, but the future is free. And maybe the only reason you came here this morning was to be reminded of that. Do you know the end of your story is not written yet? Do you know you still have opportunity to make incredible impact? In fact, another pastor said that if you're not dead, God's not done. That's what I want my story to be about. Oh, my best days to be ahead of me. I want to make sure that God makes something of his name through my name. And I don't care about my name, but I want to leverage this time to prop him up. What about you? See, the, the great thing about the future is that you can reverse the past. And it doesn't take long to make a new story about your life. The great thing about the future is that you can continue a great story. Maybe you've already been telling. But maybe the message is just strive for completion. Do that. Don't give up on it. We know what the world made of Paul. What will it make of us? Cooperating with the Holy Spirit, that's still free. We get to write that. One final thing. I went over to a friend's house and he had a marvelous garden. It was strange to me because I kill things, I don't grow things. And my kids were impressed by this garden. It was filled with, like, tomatoes and green peppers and strawberries. And, and they're all ripe and they're all good. And, and you could tell, like, this—he knew what he was doing, right? And so as, as they were picking um, these tomatoes, um, my, my Bella got inspired. You know, I, I would like a garden like this someday. But then we learned what it took to get there. Six years! Six years for this fancy produce— Six years so that vegetables actually tasted kind of good, right? Six years, I mean, it takes a long time to get a harvest, right? Six years to make it as big as it was. And what we learn about harvest is harvest takes time, doesn't it? It will come, but it takes time. What I want to talk to you about, final thought, is the reason to stick in right now or to pick a pattern. Because there's a harvest. There's a harvest, guys. Do you know that? Someone needs to tell you that. There's a harvest. In fact, in in Galatians, the reason not to give up was this. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a if we do not give up. And I don't know what that harvest is, but it kind of geeks me out. Maybe your harvest is what's going to happen in the next generation. Maybe that harvest is with your kids, and maybe you had addictive patterns in your household, and because of the power of God striving away from that, you could have a different platform, and you can tell a different story. Maybe that harvest is simply that they know God and cling to Him, because you are known as a faithful follower. And not the word knowledge, but your actions meant something over time your actions produced a harvest in their hearts, and it said something more than words could ever say. There's a harvest. Maybe that harvest is in this ministry as we don't give up but dig in. Of the people we haven't met who will learn about Jesus, their Savior, here. Maybe that harvest is simply the Father's glory. That's what Jesus was all about. And I gotta tell you, that's reason enough. If God uses me for nothing else than the Father's glory, I'm good God, but let's not forget, let's hang in the balance. Let's remember our reason. Now look and strain and strive towards what could be done. The story isn't written. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, um, it's easier to preach a message like this than to actually do it because the pressures are real and the struggle is real and for, for everyone who has come in with struggle today, I just ask you to give them peace. Replace the struggle with peace, knowing that you got this and that you're with them. As we look at the battles and the things we want to do, convince us that you are strong in us. It's not going to be up to our strength. It's going to be up to you working through our lives to produce any good fruit. But help us not forget the reasons we have to live for you and cling to you. The reason you gave us, which is love. Let love be our mission in Jesus' name, amen.